The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. This is Michael Thomas, and you're listening to Roster Watch. Roster Watch Nation, I am Cody Carpentier, and these are my top 10 thoughts for week number two of the NFL season. It was a big week. It was a fun week. A lot of tight, tight football games. Atlanta pulls it out late against the Green Bay Packers. Baltimore by three over their interdivisional matchup. Cincinnati Bengals. Seattle Detroit did in, in indeed come to fruition. It was not the 93-point total we saw in 2022, but it was a 68-point total that we saw again up there in Detroit. The Kansas City-Jacksonville game was a disappointment. Tennessee pulled it out against the Chargers. The Giants come back from 28 down against the Arizona Cardinals. San Fran beats LA by only seven. Denver completes a Hail Mary that almost, almost brings them back against Washington. They failed a two-point conversion with no time on the clock. And New Orleans beats Carolina by three. That's thankful to a late, late Adam Thielen touchdown. Should have been 20 to 10 in that one. A lot of good games this week. A little more higher scoring than it was in week number one. A lot of that thankful to the defense from week number one. But in week number two, it took me so long to get going live because I have more than 10 thoughts. I have about uh, 68 of them. But I'm only going to talk about 10 of them, and then I'll maybe hit on some honorable mentions when we get out of here. But if you are listening live on YouTube, please click that like and click that subscribe button. I appreciate you. Thank you guys jumping in the chat already. The fantasy captain, Arthur Smith 2-0. Yeah, I mean, come on. What are we doing here? France, France, giddy up, giddy up. France, what was that question you asked on Sunday in the starter stream? I was trying to think of it the other day. Um, I can't remember which player it was. I was trying to remember it because I, I remember I remember making, making a big deal. Of it. I was thinking about it on Sunday. Anyway, I can't remember. Anyways, here's the top 10 thoughts from week number two. First and foremost, Nico Collins has entered the T. Higgins, Cortland Sutton, Michael Pittman conversation of Beta Alphas. Again, he's a big six foot four, 215 pound wide receiver, not an alpha, a beta alpha, right? If you're looking at the, the box score, everyone's going to say, well, you know, the game script, the game script, blah, 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 blah. Targets are earned, buddy. Nine targets again in week number two, seven for 146 and a touchdown. Nico Collins looks very good on the field. Nico Collins looks better than Cortland said on the field. And on the same field that Michael Pittman played on, Nico Collins looked better than Michael Pittman in and out of breaks down the field, making catches after catch, et cetera, et cetera. I like Nico Collins. I've liked him for the last three years. So this is not a truth or status thought. This is more so uh, a CJ Stroud thought. Nico Collins is playing in. C.J. Stroud's 
perceived Marvin Harrison rule. Like that's that number one target, that big body guy on the outside. Like he's getting those targets. And Nico looks good. And it makes me think that the reason that we missed out on so much Nico Collins the last couple of years was thankful to the guys like Davis Mills that couldn't get the ball out there to him. But now you got CJ Stroud with 47 pass attempts in this game, 384 passing yards. I'm going to do a little study uh, over the course of the next 48 hours. Now that I have a little bit of free time after watching back all these games, I'm going to do a little study on Stroud's passing output at Ohio state versus Houston's passing output. The last two seasons comparable to what Stroud has done with Houston the last two weeks. I think it's going to be an interesting uh, result. I'm going to post that up on, on Twitter at Carpenter NFL, but Nico Collins has officially entered that, that Pittman, that T Higgins. I know people don't have Sutton really up in that conversation, but that, that Pittman and that Higgins conversation, I think Nico Collins needs to be in that conversation going forward. Uh, France France says it was Reed Kirk Roshan. Did I tell you to play Reed or did I tell you to play Roshan? I feel like I told you to play Reed, but, Kirk might have Kirk might outscored Reed, huh? I can't remember. Number nine, number nine takeaway, number nine thought of the week. Zay Flowers, he needs a minimum, a minimum of six touches per week in this Baltimore offense. That's just the way it is. I know we saw a little bit from Nelson Aguilar. He had six targets in this game, but Zay Flowers, he had one carry and he had five targets, four for sixty-two. Like they need more Zay. They beat Cincinnati by three, but this Baltimore team is is good. The defense is very good. Um, I love what I see out of Jadavian Clowney working with these young guys. Ojabo in a way. The interior is nice. It's it's a good football team. It's a very good football team. And I think if Lamar can stay up, which is always the question throughout the entire season, if Lamar can stay up, I think we're going to be happy. He's pushing the ball downfield. The guys um, like Flowers, like Odell, like Aguilar. It's interesting. But Zay Flowers needs a minimum, a minimum of six touches per week. He's just too much dynamism brought with him. Number eight, Zach Wilson is who we thought he was. Three interceptions against the Dallas Cowboys. A number of pitiful, pitiful, painful, painful throws that should have been more, that should have been picked off. I for one, we'll say I was definitely of the more trustworthy side of the Zach Wilson conversation going into week number two until the game happened. I was like, oh yeah, you're not going to be, you're not going to have a problem with Garrett Wilson. You're going to get your targets. Not realizing that me saying, yeah, you're going to get your targets was more so like, yeah, you're going to be in in pain all afternoon because he's, Garrett Wilson's going to get eight targets and he's going to catch two of the footballs. And one of them, he's just going to happen to take 70 yards for a touchdown. If he gets tackled on that slant 20 yards downfield, we're talking about a day where Wilson goes two for 20, two for 30 on eight targets. You're pissed if he's in your lineup. You got saved by by Garrett Wilson's athletic ability. So, brutal. Brutal. His, Zach Wilson's rushing output also in this game, I think he had 45 yards on the ground. I could double double check that right now. 36 yards. Five carries for 36 yards on the ground. All of that came on the two-minute drill going into into halftime. So don't look at that rushing upside and expect that on a weekly basis unless you expect the Jets to get dustballed every single week. Number seven, Sam Laporta, Detroit Lions tight end, rookie tight end, Sam Laporta. Sam Laporta, there's a big game coming soon. The talent that Sam Laporta brought to the table was I talked to Thor Nystrom back in April 
And I asked him one word. I said, what was the one word, man, that you could explain Sam Laporta with? And that is yak.com, yardsaftercatch.com. Sam Laporta is the definition of just that. Week number one, five catches for 39 yards. Week number two, five catches for 63 yards against the Seattle Seahawks. Sam Laporta looks like the best tight end. Kincaid looks good. Luke Musgrave looks good. But Sam Laporta is the best tight end in this class at this current point. There's a big game coming on the horizon for Sam Laporta in Detroit, and that can be thankful also to just the lack there of super talent tight end or super talent targets in Detroit, right? Josh Reynolds is getting a weekly floor of output. Sam Laporta looked at the opportunities that we wished TJ Hawkinson got on a weekly basis. It's only going to get continue to get better and better and better and better, right? Hawkinson, again, he did have a, a big eight for 179 two-touchdown game last week. Sorry, not last week. Last year against Seattle in that matchup. He also had a 100-yard game in like the first three weeks of his career. But as far as the longevity goes, I think this franchise and this you know front office wants to see Sam Laporta succeed. And you're going to only continue to see that with Gibbs, with Montgomery out, with Laporta, with Amon Ross St. Brown, and with Goff at the helm. Goff started this game off. I want to say it was 11 for 12. Goff started this game off. Where was he at? 18 for 21 and 242 yards and two touchdowns is how Goff started this football game out. 18 for 21. Before that, he started 11 for 12. 11 for 12 through two quarters, 141 and two touchdowns, and they were up 14-7. Goff is playing. He's doing exactly what he needs to do. Detroit has a one-point win against the Kansas City Chiefs. And then they lose this one, which was, you know, it was one of those powerful back and forth games, but Seattle looks very good. What's up going on? What's going on, chat? Fran said, you said Reed or Kirk. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. Should I pick up Kylan? What the hell is this? Should I pick up Williams? I'm assuming that's okay. Or Ford as a running back to Saquon being hurt. I think you're good with either one. I prefer Kylan Williams because he's got that role one. Whereas Ford, you could still see them bring in a hunt. I love Ford, but I think you just go with a guy that you know he won the role. So if you had the pick between the two, if you got one guaranteed, I'd pick Kylan just by a hair. I think Ford's the better overall talent, but I think Kylan won that role. He's doing very good in pass pro. Obviously, he's catching the catching the balls out of the backfield. Unreal snap share last week. I don't know if that's going to be planned every single week, but unreal. Good question, Angel. Thank you. Gogo says, Pierre Strong or Zonovan? I'm assuming that's Zonovan Knight, not Zonovan White. I'm going to go Zonovan Knight. He just got elevated in Detroit. I'm going to go Zonovan Knight. Pierre Strong did not look good last night, and I do think, like I just mentioned with the Ford thing, I think they try and bring somebody in. Scott, what's going on, brother? I am actually going to do the first episode of this year tomorrow night on Patreon. It's going to be at patreon.com forward slash executives. Um, I got asked this question too many times over the last three, four weeks, and I decided that I'm going to start doing it post week two. So it's going to be tomorrow night. It'll be the first episode on Patreon. Appreciate the question. Applied literature. He said the same thing. Thank you, guys. Back to the top ten thoughts. Number six this week. Nick Bonito. Nick Bonito, edge rusher, outside linebacker from Oklahoma, second year in the league. Nick Bonito, Denver Broncos. Looks fantastic. He's going to be a star. He's going to be a stud. Denver does not miss 
Bradley Chubb. Jonathan Cooper, Randy Gregory, Nick Benito are really good on coming off the edge right now. Nick Benito's a six foot three, two hundred forty pound guy that was drafted in round two of the twenty twenty two draft. He didn't really do a ton last year. He played in fifteen games. He had one and a half sacks, fourteen total tackles. He's already got a sack this past week. Nick Bonito can bend the edge with the best of them. Bonito, Gregory, Cooper are making Denver stay in these games. Russell Wilson sucks, and he's the reason they're losing these football games. It's like Russ, Kirk Cousins, to a certain extent, Derek Carr. Derek Carr can at least get out and and get the ball downfield. It's just not accurate. Watson, Watson can get out because he's athletic enough, but he just does dumb shit, doesn't make any sense. Those guys, that bucket right there, Russ, Kirk, Carr, and Watson just aggravate the hell out of me when I'm watching football. It makes no sense. So that leads me to number five, Baker Mayfield. He looks better than Russ, Cousins, Carr, and Watson. Baker Mayfield is the reason that Tampa Bay is 2-0. They got the talent around them, obviously, with Mike Evans, right? Mike Evans is was, I talked about this over the fall, was one of the best values you could possibly get at the wide receiver position. It was Ridley. It was Evans, and it was Michael Thomas. And you've seen each of those come to fruition. Ridley's only going to continue to grow as as Jacksonville realizes that, hey, we need to throw this guy the football if we're going to win football games instead of throwing him like six targets in the first quarter and then not throwing the ball until the fourth quarter. Makes no sense. Mike Evans, though, big game this week. Michael Thomas, big game, solid game, back-to-back eight-target games. But Baker Mayfield looks better than Russ, Cousins, Carr, and Deshaun Watson, and I would say he is the reason that Tampa Bay is 2-0. Wild. Wild times, especially when one month ago there was conversations that Kyle Trask is going to be the starting quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Wrong. Baker Mayfield, better than Russ Cousins, Carr, and Watson. Number four, Jalen Hyatt's role must expand if New York is going to play with the big dogs. The next couple weeks, San Fran, Seattle, Miami, Buffalo, Washington, yuck, gauntlet. The Giants got dusted by Dallas in week one. They almost got they almost they almost got equally dusted by Arizona. It was a it was a 28 or 20 to 0 in this game to start. They almost got equally dusted. 20 to 0. And then and then Daniel Jones had a rushing touchdown. Then it was 28 to 7. So they were down 20 to nothing in halftime in this one. They they need to wake up quick. And now with Barkley banged up, they need to like they they finally figured out in this game, hey, Darren Waller is a really good player and we should throw him the ball. And when you throw him the ball, you're going to get downfield because he can pick up chunks 12, 14, 16 at a time. And then Jalen Hyatt who caught two deep balls, a bomb that she should have scored on and then one down the left sideline that was a great go up and get it ball for Jalen Hyatt. His role must expand. He looks good. He looks competent. I was scared it wasn't going to translate well to the NFL. To a certain extent, exactly what he did at Tennessee hasn't because the speed is different here. But Jalen Hyatt's role must expand if New York is going to win any of these football games. Literally, they're 1-1, one one, barely beat the Cardinals. And they, like I said, they're pulling San Fran, Miami, Seattle, Buffalo, Washington. That's 0-5 if they play like they had the last two weeks. They're going to be going 1-6. 
over the next well they they will have they will be one and six by the time that stretches over with if they don't adjust. Number three, the reason Zach Charbonnet isn't getting any work right now is because Kenneth Walker's really good. Sorry, Ken Walker. Ken Ken Walker is really good. 17 carries for 43 yards does not tell you what Ken Walker was. Detroit has a very good front. This game was very abnormal, but Ken Walker is really good at football. Only had two targets in this game. He had more in week number one. The reason Zach Charbonnet is not getting the output, though, is because Ken Walker is so good, so dependable, and so trustworthy to the Seattle Seahawks. Trust that and believe that. His health is his wealth. When he's on the field, he's the guy. There's no duo. They lied. Like, Seattle was one of the teams that specifically told us, we want multiple backs. Okay, we understand you want multiple backs for maybe depth. You're not like Atlanta, though. Tell me you're the same without telling me you're different. Like, you're different. Atlanta proves it. Atlanta says, we're going to run both these guys 19 and 16 times. Seattle says, nah, man, Ken Walker's the truth. We're going to keep him on the field. That's what it is. Why would you ever sub in a Ford Ranger for a Corvette? That's the truth. Charbonnet's a Ford Ranger. Ken Walker's the truth. He's 100% healthy, and he looks amazing. Continuing at running back, Bijan Robinson. He is Bijan. That's what he is. There's no... Oh, he's Ladanian. Oh, he's Barkley. He's not Barkley because he doesn't have the, the, the speed that Barkley does, the long speed that Barkley does. I'm not sure he's Ladanian because he's a little bit quicker in and out of jump splits, which makes no sense. There's an all-22 video going around. If you go to, I think it's Nate Tice on Twitter. He posted it last night. But this is literally Bijan Robinson. Alex Dunlap and I had multiple conversations over the spring where it was like, you know, what is Bijan? What's his comp? And I was like, man, it's like, I'm like between like a Marshawn Lynch and like people say Ladinian Tomlinson. And then you also have like this aspect of the athleticism and what he did in college where it replicates kind of what Cam Akers was at Florida State. People are going to hate that because Cam Akers is getting a lot of negative press lately, but Cam Akers was a dog coming out of Florida State. It's like, Wipe it all out. This is Bijan. This is another one of those. This is like, this is going to be one of the guys that people are saying in a couple years. It's like, oh, this is like, he's like Bijan. He's like LT. He's like AP. He's like McCaffrey. He's like Saquon. This is going to be another guy on that list. Like Bijan is just Bijan. It's crazy. But that's exactly why he was looked at the way he was when he was coming out. This guy has 19 carries in week two for 124 yards. He averages six and a half yards per carry because every time he touches the football, you can't tackle him. The first tackler never gets Bijan to the ground, let alone barely slaps him. Oh, and he had five targets, four receptions for 48 yards. Forgot to tell you that. Forgot to tell you he also had five targets and 8.8 fantasy points just in the air to go along with his 100 yards on the ground with less than 20 carries. Bijan Robinson is, in fact, Bijan. That's the comp. Number one, before I get to a couple honorable mentions, actually, let's do the honorable mentions first because number one is, is a tough one because I like number one. Honorable mentions, Dontavian Wicks. Dontavian Wicks was the question coming in was, is he going to be two years ago, Dontavian, where he had 1,400 yards at Virginia, or is he going to be this last year's Dontavian where he was quiet, mute, and didn't do a lot? Wicks is getting opportunities in Green Bay. Wicks should have ended up with a much bigger stat line than he did in week number two. 
Two for 40 and a touchdown was his final stat line. I'm trying to pull up my game notes from this one specifically, and I'll tell you exactly what I had written down for his final. Dontavian Wicks, there was three focus plays early. He should have had another touchdown. He had a fade in the end zone that A.J. Terrell deflected. I took I wrote Wicks's name down three times on this chart. That's big. I don't know what that says about his future role because Jaden Reed's role is cemented. You know what Luke Musgrave is. We're supposed to assume that we know what Romeo Dobbs is, even though Romeo Dobbs had three targets in this game. When Christian Watson comes back, who's to tell me that it's not Christian Watson, Dontavian Wicks, and Jaden Reed? And Dobbs is just the fourth guy that gets subbed in. I'm just saying. Honorable mention, Rashawn Slater. He's this close. He's this close to overtaking Trent Williams for the best tackle in football. Tier Tart, Danico Autry, Jeffrey Simmons, the Tennessee Titans defensive line. Tennessee wins again. And you can thank the Tennessee Titans defensive line. Danico Autry didn't really do anything in week one. I'm not even sure if he played in week one, to be honest with you, because Tart was so impressive. Simmons was there. I talked about Arden Key last week. But Tier Tart, man, his just another week, another week of, of peer pressure dominance from Tier Tart, Danico Autry, Jeffrey Simmons. And then honorable mention number four, Elijah Moore, trust the process. They lined him up in the backfield in eye formation, in single back, in shotgun single back. I think it was like seven times last night. I have to look at the official numbers, but I had him charted on for at least seven opportunities in the backfield where it was motions out, it was a carry, it was out route, it was a comeback in the center of the field. Elijah Moore was used just like that in the backfield. Plus, he had about four balls that were 15-plus yards downfield, comebacks or fades on the sideline where he couldn't keep his feet in. Nine targets for Elijah Moore. He's going to be a guy, people start dropping him in fantasy, you're going to start adding him in fantasy. Number one, the last thought of the week. This one's tough because I love Konami quarterbacks. I love Konami quarterbacks so bad for fantasy football. I love Anthony Richardson. I love Lamar Jackson. And I love Jalen Hurts. And I loved Justin Fields. Justin Fields is gone in Chicago. He's done. No progress. No progression. Chicago's 0-12 dating back to last year. I think we're a couple weeks away from Chicago regretting trading that first overall pick. Kansas City this week. Denver, Washington, Minnesota. Kansas City, Washington, chalk them up as L's. Denver and Minnesota at home, maybe you have a good game. Because Denver, Denver, because Russell Wilson's Jack and Minnesota because they can't stop a nosebleed. Justin Fields is done in Chicago. I'll write that down today. And I was... And I was a Justin Fields guy. I had Justin Fields number one in fantasy as a rookie. Like that was my number one rookie in fantasy. Doesn't look terrible now because Trevor Lawrence really hasn't taken the big Peyton Manning step that everyone expected. But Justin Fields, 
as far as being an NFL quarterback, 60% completion percentage on the season so far, 60.6 to be clear. Last year, 60.4, 2021, 58.9. Two touchdowns, three picks through the first two games. It's been sacked 10 times through the first two games. DJ Moore got a little bit of work in week two finally. But the pure competency that Justin Fields neglects to bring to the table is the reason Justin Fields is out in Chicago. Chicago currently is slated for the number two overall pick and the number nine overall pick, the one they got from the Carolina Panthers in 2024. The Panthers don't look like they're going to be a fantastic team. They look strong, but they don't look strong enough. They look like they're going to be about a six-win team. So that'll leave them in about the top 12, top 13, which makes that pick tradable and movable. It also leaves the opportunity for them to keep that pick if they do end up with the number one pick themselves. Chicago ends up with the number one pick back-to-back years, and they end up moving on from a Fields, trading, cutting, whatever, getting a Caleb Williams or a Drake May, whichever way the franchise wants to go, because I think that multiple franchises will look at these guys differently. Whichever way they want to go, whether it's Caleb or whether it's Drake, they can do that, as well as hitting on another offensive line piece at 10, 11, 12, wherever that Carolina pick ends up being. The bottom line is the number one thought of the week is that Justin Fields, I'm officially axing it, I'm finishing it, I'm done. The Justin Fields experiment from an NFL perspective is complete in Chicago, 0-12 the last 12 games, like I said. I'm not sure they make it out of the top five as far as draft picks this year. I had expectations, high expectations for Chicago. But when you look at the rest of the schedule and you look at what you see on paper, as far as what this bring t- this team brings to the table, I see about one, two, maybe three wins. Vegas, Arizona at home, probably beat Minnesota once. Maybe three wins for the Chicago Bears. A lot of Roshan Johnson, I'll tell you that. Team that sucks, you're going to be down a lot. You're going to be throwing a lot of dump-offs, baby. That's your top ten thoughts. From rosterwatch.com, I am Cody Carpenter. I appreciate you tuning in and tapping in. Please click that like and subscribe button. The Trash Man and Alex Dunlap will be live in just a mere few hours talking about the waiver wire for week number two, going into week number three. These are your top ten thoughts going into week number three. I will answer one final question from Fran's friends in the chat. He said, what should we do with our Justin Fields shares? Good question. I want to hold him. Yeah, Snowman says hold. Damn. Yeah, I want to hold him. But how long can you hold him for? I think he's probably going to get the rest of the season. They're not They're not going to bench him, bring in Tyson Bajan, are they? I don't think so. But I would move off of them if you can get, if you can get the requisite value. That's what I would do. He's got to get another opportunity somewhere else. That's the thing. So if you can't get rid of him, and if it's if it's a low ball offer, I wouldn't do that. But I love Justin Fields so much, but it's just not there. Anyways, good question. Thank you guys in the chat. Appreciate you guys again. I am Cody Carpentier. I'll be back on Sunday with the starter start or sit show. Again, I appreciate you guys. I love you. Let's have a continually have a great season. Peace. <laughs>